Coming up for episode 143, we have the architect of your nightmares. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. This is I Remembered It Better, a podcast experiment in geek nostalgia. Come on, bark like a dog for me. I done a bad thing. We're on a mission from God. This is my boomstick. Kiss my converse. This was extraordinarily bad. I got a bad feeling about this. Now, here are your hosts. Oh, no. Not again. Welcome to I Remembered It Better, the show that takes a look back and asks, was it as good as we thought it was? Coming to you from Dayton, Ohio, where pumpkin spice is everywhere and everything. I'm Cliff Haddix, also known as Revit Geek, and I'm joined for tonight's very special interview from West Virginia, Brian Kidd. Hey, my hands actually smell like pumpkin spice right now. Oh, really? I, you know, I'm married to a basic white woman, so she the, the soap in the bathroom is is pumpkin, and I hate it. I hate oh. the smell of pumpkin. I've I seen like on Facebook. Pie. I've seen the celebration of pumpkin in your house. It's it's amazing. Oh my god! Oh my god! I love her, but the pumpkin's got to go. I, I you know I can't judge because I'm already ordering peppermint hot chocolate. I'm already moving on to Christmas, yeah. so I, I peppermint. I'm good with yeah. I, it's I, pumpkin. I, I, <laughs> well, folks, we have something very special for you tonight. We have brought in. A man that you may not realize has had so much influence on your childhood. If you're, if you're of, of, of Brian and Mai's age, uh, you, th- this man has touched many films that you uh, have probably enjoyed and maybe even been afraid of. Movies like Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4. Break into Electric Boogaloo. The Hidden. Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. And many others. All of the Freddy's Nightmares, some of the Tales of the Dark Side. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from HorrorCon in New Jersey, Mick Strawn. Okay, Mick, first of all, thank you all for taking time. for. Uh, you, I know you got a crazy schedule this weekend, and I was just <laughs> thrilled that you had a few minutes. For well, us. You, you know how the Sunday goes on, uh, uh, on cons, right? Well, you know, it's generally it's like who's all, still... St- Who's still standing at that point? Yeah, you're right, exactly. And the thing is, is it's supposed to stay open until five, but it just seemed like at about two fifteen, just the blood ran out of the room. <laughs> thought, and okay. at Horicon, shouldn't the uh, blood really run? Well, the whole I, I'm time? just, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> it ran out of the room so much that nobody was left standing. So I, I mean, thought, people ah, eventually, people eventually have to shower. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you been to a con oh, have yes. you been to a horror con before <laughs> i have i said i said eventually <laughs> oh, okay there you go okay <laughs> well mick i want to thank you i mean you and i have been kind of facebook uh friends for a while and that, i think this is the first time we've had a real conversation I, which I, I don't think that we've talked before i know it's our first time you talking. don't know how hilarious i can be oh i and i'm looking forward to finding out well, i've heard in a few <laughs> other places but I didn't want to. I didn't want to listen to too many of the other interviews for fear that I would try to make something happen again. I mean, I, I know oh, the stuff that I want to talk about, but I don't want to treat you like a trained monkey and go, "Hey, do that funny thing you did that other time." You, I just, you just want didn't want to fight. Believe me, I I don't think that way at all. Yeah, Good. you you and I are always hearing it for the first time. That's awesome. Well, we're know, all, but, just, fair yeah, game. No, we're already still recording, so we're already see, doing it now. So there you go. You have no min, no idea how many times I've said things. And I went. Wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. That was. I feel pretty good about that. I feel. Oh, well, no. the funny thing is, Mick, it was one of these things where even though I know you and, and through Facebook and we we correspond and we bump back and forth, until I really dove deep, I didn't realize just how much you have affected my childhood mu- movie viewing. <laughs> if you are are of a certain age, yes, yes, I had an awful lot to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and great things to do with it. And also, you know, maybe a few scary things. So, so uh, my first question is, how does it feel to know you're responsible for certain people not being able to turn out the light at night? <laughs> <laughs> proud. That's awesome. I say very proud. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and, and it's funny because uh, I I was uh, at, at this con, just, just a little story about that. I'm at this con, and there is a girl, there's a guy standing next to me 
that he's done this great little uh, Freddy's Hell kind of boiler room-ish thing, right? And he stands in front of it, and, and for like ten dollars, he takes he's acts as Freddy, and yeah. and you can come up and have a photo opportunity, right? And there was a woman that was so freaked out. She went and 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 it was it was the psychology of horror in a nutshell. Just watching her try and walk up to him because she really wanted a picture with him. But then getting freaked out that he looks so much like Freddie and then backing up about five steps. And then and, going and knowing forward, it's and, and knowing it's not real. Knowing it's knowing, knowing it's not it's the real Freddie. Well, yeah. come on. It's not real. Right. I, 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 I hate to point this out, <laughs> but it's not real. Uh but but the thing is 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 just to see it right there was just tickled me pink, you know, just like forward and back and forward and back and forward and back and forward and back. Uh, it was it was hilarious to watch. It was great. And you would think that, you know, if, if you're going to go to a horror convention, you're going to be surrounded by that kind of thing anyway. So but, it's... But wait a minute. Hold on. Here's a person that still has inside of them a little bit of that magic. True. Right? True. Right? That. That's... Listen, you, you know... It, what it, what it's like to see that magic uh, is just awesome. I it just uh, I, I it just tickled me pink. It really did. Well, the funny thing is, you mentioned like to see that magic. It has to be gratifying, especially when you 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 put in time to build sets to to come up with a with an art direction to come up with these elaborate things that have scared people. If people don't know, I mean. You're, 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 two of your biggest, of course, are, are Dream Warriors and the Dream Master in the Freddy yes. series. Two, yes, two of the indeed. big ones that for horror fans, that would be where to put the, put the pin in. Right. Um, that you got to work in a place where you know you didn't have to be bound by the realities. You didn't have to make it look like a camp. You didn't have to make it look like you know a neighborhood in which my, you could do anything and kind of get away with it. Granted, within directors director's discretion and, but you know and, I, I i i went out to the furthest extent of my dollar mm. <laughs> but, which you know but, for for some of these you know for for those kind of movies the dollar was had to go a long way <laughs> yeah it did it was required yes this is yeah. really true this is very true <laughs> well you know on that i so i i rewatched three and four this past a uh, few days ago Okay. And and you know, first of all, not to to completely blow smoke up your ass, but to blow smoke up your ass. Um, <laughs> okay, the, they're they're two of the the best looking, <laughs> you know, films in the whole series as far oh. as the, the design of everything and 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 the, it's it's very gothic, and it's uh, it's, it's very gothic gothic, but there's a certain driven simplicity to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a very complicated person. I I. I, you know, I kind of, in an odd way, I, I kind of think big, mm-hmm. uh, in a, and I try and be able to, to do it inexpensively and still, you, you know, it's funny because you, you're, you're talking about the design of three and four and, and on three, you see, we were coming into it and, and the films weren't that way, you right. know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was following a particular pattern at that point, where you do the first film, super popular. You do the half film, half as popular, mm-hmm. right? And we were coming into the third, and and Bob Shea wanted to really break break out of the mold, and, and we did three basic things. The first he did, the first thing that he did is he created um, a, a weapon for the kids. And that was bringing other kids into the dreams, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, which ameliorated the Hercule, the uh, the Superman problem. Sure, because you know the Superman problem for Freddy is that he gets you in the dreams, therefore he always wins, mm-hmm. right? So how so, it, it's it's not great to have a good guy that's impervious to everything. Or a right. bad guy that's impervious to everything. So you have to have a weakness. And in the first two, 
he really didn't have a weakness. We don't even know why he left the other lane right. camp alone. Yeah, the first right. one, right? Right. right? So, so, so he created, that was the first thing is we did, it was story related. It was, you know, uh, we were giving the kids tools. Okay. Uh, the next thing is we kind of let him off. We let, uh, they, they decided to let Robert England off the leash. Um, and to let it be funny and, and more like Robert England. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Uh, Freddie is, is, he's oddly charming. He's incredibly funny. He's, uh, he moves, uh, like a, uh, like a cross between a fencer and a ballet dancer, mm-hmm. you know, and all, all the time he's using his goodness for ugliness. Right. So, uh, the, the great thing. So that was the third thing was to, uh, kind of make him a little bit funnier, uh, it, you know, pull in those humorous aspects of it. And, uh, and so with those three things, those are the two things, right? The third thing was mine. (laughs) I said, okay, we're going to pull this thing off of location because the first two were basically in locations. Yeah. There was, there was the set shop with the rotating bed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, which is how they did the blood gag and they did the, uh, you know, several of the gags were related directly to Jim Doyle's revolving bed. Um, so then when we went to three, I said, I don't want to, I want to go a little further with the dreams and therefore we're going to pull the, we're going to pull most of it onto a stage. And we did, and then I could play around. Yeah. Well, it was definitely to the benefit of the films, I think. Um, you know, you were able to have so much more. No, I mean, look, the first is always going to be a classic. Right. And oh, yeah, the, the, the second one is its Complex. own thing. I enjoy it for what it is, but it is very different. Um, yeah. You know, the third is where it really it breaks out of the mold and, and you really get into the whole thing of, of Fred and, you know, playing with his victims. And here's the funny thing about it is... is the way I looked at it is I looked at it as an adventure film. Mm-hmm. I was looking at it more like it was Raiders of the Lost Ark slash Star Wars mm-hmm. than it was a horror film. You I know, mean, it, I, the third one reached the point that people were cheering for Freddy. Oh, my God. You yeah. have no idea. No, we were talking. I was in a uh, uh, what do you call a panel. Here, right and Heather Langenkamp and and Mimi, Mimi Craven and Amanda Wise uh, and me were doing a panel just just yesterday right and it's so funny is is I'm about to tell he asked so what was it like watching the premiere and all three of us had the same story about how we didn't care about the premiere because Newline Cinema was not particularly bound to spend their money that way, <laughs> right. but we all went. We all went to different ghetto locations mm. to see it with fans of the, with the real fans of the film, right? right? And I thought I was the only one. And then they both, they all three came up with the same story. Right. I was like, that's hilarious because the the place that I wanted to go see it was uh, South Central. <laughs> that, would have, that would have been a, a fun crowd. <laughs> oh, you, look, look, and would have, not hold back what they thought. <laughs> oh, you have no idea what was great. What was great is I, I saw it. It was, it was only four days out, and the whole audience knew the whole script. Mm. Right? They're just shouting it at, and the loudest thing that I possibly heard was that that long dolly around the door, yeah. uh, and then Nancy going. Look, a door, and every, the whole crowd going, look, a door, and then cracking up. <laughs> it was priceless. It was it was worth doing. It was worth doing all the sleepless nights of working on that film. <laughs> well, I mean, with with a genre film like that, it, that that's the danger you run into with test audiences where they're just they're recruiting. Well, we just want this age group. It's not going to play the same as 
if you put it in front of uh, you know a, a, a group of horror fans, they're going to view it in a completely different way. But see, I've told and I've said this: uh, you you can't you you think that you can stir an audience that you can stir a film uh, through test audiences. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: something truly new, different, and perfect is a dangerous thing to put in front of a test audience. Yeah, I mean, because what what's the question? Maybe they don't know what they're looking at. Right. And 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 then, you know, true originality comes out and and hits them in the head and they're stunned. You know, (laughs) well, I mean, I think that's partially why we're in a situation now where most movies are just comfort food. Oh, well, remember this thing you loved? Well, we remade it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think that you. I, I think that you need to stop calling them going to the movies and just make it going to the Marvels. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go see a Marvel. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, because the movies are actually on Netflix, and and you know sure. all the no, all absolutely. the different, uh, yeah, uh, services. But you know what? I do not want to get down on modern film because, um, I, I mean, I just recently built did a fan film the first. Uh, volunteer film that you know where all of our time was uh donated to a good cause uh, does this sound familiar brian <laughs> yeah uh the first time i'd ever done one and and uh <laughs> i had to get over that that thing of uh now you're here for, why are you here um you, you're here I, i'm here to enjoy myself right <laughs> you know what if you said that in la i sort of got People would shoot you looks that would, you know, if not kill you, at least make you ill for a couple of days. Right, right. You know, so uh, that I just found, I just, I love, I love the things some of the new films are doing and stuff. I, I, you know, I've been equating this to is I've been equating uh, 2018 and 2019 to uh, 1918 and 1919 because when you think about it. here it is. We finally figured the equipment out, mm-hmm. right? We went through the nineties and the early two thousands and, and you know, the, the equipment has drastically changed and it has sure. all of its new standards and stuff. Right. Uh, and, and I tell people, you know, if you think that it wasn't uh, a complete sea change in, in what, in what happened in film is look back at uh, in, in 1985. I'm not kidding. A guy could have walked off of a sound stage in 1939. Oh yeah, and the next day walked onto a sound stage in 1989, and he wouldn't. I mean, he would absolutely whatever he did. Most of the tools would be the same. Sure. I mean, they 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 would be slightly uh slightly uh modified in advance. But look at the look at the Panavision, the Airflex ca- Airflex cameras. Basically, they were made off of the first thirty-five millimeter camera bodies that uh, that were. We switched to thirty-five millimeter because we took all of those amazing cameras out of all of the uh, uh, all of the airplanes from mm-hmm. World War Two. Right. All right. all the recon planes, all all of the uh, you know the the ones that were in the planes to 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 watch you know how they fired and how they acted sure. in battle and all the rest of that. They called the gunner the gunner cameras, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all of those cameras, you know, they were called Mitchells. Sure. And, oh yeah. And the old Mitchells were what everything was based on. For the industry, all the way up through the '90s, you know. Oh, sure. I mean, you look at, you know, look when they did Star Wars, they took the old uh, VistaVision cameras, right? Exactly. For the special effects, you know, they those cameras were tanks, <laughs> oh, and they worked. It, you know, it, they it, just worked. they were tanks. They were incredibly heavy. I mean, you know, the the difference between a, a camera rig, uh, to literally, you know, if you look at Vengeance, the film that we just did, uh. You know, we did the underwater stuff in a pool uh, with Jason waking up. We just put him in a pool lined with black plastic, uh, put a little bit of milky something in the water, and literally a GoPro. Wow. And not not even a real GoPro, just a 
like an imitation. You know what I'm saying? Like right. oh, a yeah, Dollar yeah. Tree, Dollar Tree GoPro, got Dollar Tree GoPro, right? Just, just literally stood from the edge of the pool, just leaned over and and popped the camera into the water and took it, and then downloaded it and fits right into the whole film. Sure. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it, it, the thing is, is looking at that technology, you have to say to yourself that that, that, that so so we've got the technology worked out. Right. Right. But but just like at 1918 or 1919, the distribution system is brand new. Yeah. Right. It, it's it's you, you know what the distri- distribution for uh, basically plays were were you know the same the equivalent to film right and mm-hmm. and plays were done in theaters right and so mm-hmm. that was their distribution system was this we're taking over theaters right yeah. you know yeah. and and um but i'm just saying that the the direct equivalency between the one period of time and then 100 a uh, hundred years later is is absolutely astonishing our distribution system is is in shambles and i gotta tell you in 10 years it's gonna be completely different yeah yeah Yeah, because it's getting worked out well and as you know people are going home too and people are staying home more and watching films yeah exactly and and so they're not but you know one to go out pay 12 14 bucks to go to a movie sometimes but but here's the thing here's the thing it 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 is it, it is better as a social experiment oh of course yeah, oh, not as, or as a social experience. When you touched on like this, this um, revelation of this GoPro in this circumstance worked. I'm kind of curious. Going back to some of the early movies, uh, maybe it's a Freddy or something else. What was some other great make it work with what you had that when you were done, you were like, "Holy crap, that actually worked." <laughs> I got the best. Um, <laughs> We had a problem in Nightmare on the Street 3. We had this huge gag. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's the worm. Oh, the yeah, Freddy yeah. worm, right? Okay. So we had this huge mechanical rig that we built that uh, wrecked the side of the set and went up. Uh. And set, you know, and, and the thing is, is at the beginning of that shot, um, the... It was basically done with a track and a bunch of uh, football helmets attached to the top of um, uh, roller skate wheels <laughs> and, and run along a track. And then a room was built inside of the track. Right. The, the, the track was was mounted to the walls of a room. And then we built a room inside of it in order wow. to pound the sections out as it went around. Right. Uh, that's why everything. That's why the floor ripples and everything rips. But because that's the the snake going around the room and going around the floor and up the wall. But we had a problem is the kinetic energy required to um, to do the floor as it came up, you know, winding across the floor was so much. And it was like a little bit airtight underneath there. And it just rippled the whole freaking floor. Right. And so we had this great long shots that really didn't make sense because it just looked like the whole floor was rumbling, rumbling, rumbling. And then it goes up the wall and you could specifically see it go up the wall and, and over. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we were like, Oh, it's okay. We're, we're going to, you know, when we're done with the film, we'll do a research and we'll figure it out. So I worked with Peter Chesney on the effects. Uh, before I got the job as the production designer, I set up the effects with Peter Chesney. And when the show was over, I just spent went back and helped Peter at his shop and and we were working on doing some of the pickups and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And the great thing is we're trying to figure he uh the editor comes over and goes, Look, we're we're having a problem. Everything's just floating in this first shot. So we don't know where the worm comes from. We just know that the floor is going like that, right? And you know, what can we do that would make it so and 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 you got to remember is this gag's a lot of money, oh, right? Yeah. Because because of the wall and the snake and and the, the everything that you can possibly because you know we we had the enormous snake and and then we had the puppet snake and then we had the stop motion snake and and I mean they uh, built that the, full animatronic head and the, the animatronic you know. head snake and everything that you can imagine right and and so so Peter and I are sitting there and we're like 
Well, okay, so we we need to make it look linear, right? You know, we we need to get that look. And and oh, I went across the street from a shop, and there was a, a secondhand store, and I bought this really threadbare um, Oriental rug. Threw a bunch of. Um, I said, "Yeah, Peter, I'm going to go across the street. If you could grab the camera and do it, let's get it set up on the floor, and um, and go get me, uh, go empty some Clorox out of a bottle and and get it empty and tie about uh, 15 feet of rope to it." I went across the street. I got the carpet, and we like literally laid the carpet down, threw some dust on it. And then, and then set the camera up as so that we can see the uh, the Clorox bottle coming underneath the carpet <laughs> at us, and pulled it underneath. Right, and here's the great thing: is the shot looks so good you wouldn't believe it, right? But I'll I'm, be telling you, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's I, a Clorox I, bottle. I, I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. To this day, I I I do this thing where I. Uh, show clips of my films, right? And I show them behind me, and then I explain, you know, different stories and stuff behind all that. <laughs> and my favorite is this, is, and I tell that story, and then I show a clip of the beginning of that scene, the beginning of this probably easily fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 sequence, right, between all these different uh, people and stuff. And the very beginning of it starts out with a Clorox bottle being pulled underneath the carpet, and as soon as you know that it's a Clorox bottle, well, let me tell you, it's a Clorox bottle. It is totally all you can think of. You go, oh, wow, that is totally a Clorox bottle. But you so, know, man, listen, I saw this in the theaters, and I've seen it over the years many, many times. And until you said that, I never, never had any clue. that. Well, it now, now when you go back and look at it, you're, for the rest of your life, you're going to go, dude, that's just such a Clorox bottle. Why didn't I see that before? Yeah, but you've given me something like nerdy I can pull out of my friends and oh, say, "Oh yeah, hey, oh no, totally, totally." <laughs> I, it, it, it's it, it's sort of like a Nightmare on Elm Street four. I'll give you another one that you didn't notice. That's that's absolutely when you see it, you're gonna go, "Oh my god, you're kidding me!" That's right. Well, I was the one that came up with the idea of the truck hitting nothing. Uh huh. We were having we were having this problem is we 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 got caught in a and it's weird because it, it it is. It's got to be the beginning of the word uh, of the definition of the word meta. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, we had written in the script time loop in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, right? You know the one, right? Right, right. Yeah. She comes out from around the, they come out from around the, uh, crave in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they get in the truck and then they take off and then they come out from around the crave in and they take off, right? Okay. Right, yeah. So, so we're in this loop and, and literally, we had only started with a 40-page outline, right? So we didn't – we had, like, this kind of, like – literally, we had a page of suggestions in the script, right, of, of what we were going to do then. And we had – at the end of it, we had to have uh, Alice intact, and we had to have uh, Dan uh, in, a, in an ambulance. So we, we, we bookended, but we didn't know how to get out of the loop, right? So – we're sitting in the second meeting that we have had, mm-hmm. and it's with everybody, all the big wigs, and all the big wigs. All of us are sitting around the table, right? And I'm at one end of the table, and and then on the perimeter of the room are all of our assistants. And this includes the you know, uh, Rennie and Rachel and Bob Shea and Sarah Risser and on and on and on and on and on and the DP and Peter Chesney, mechanical effects and everybody around the table right and uh we're, and we're like uh we had gotten two hours stupid <laughs> and you know you know what two hours stupid is in a meeting right that's where when, it just got on so long it's, exactly. it's gone on, yes. it's gone so long it's so off the rails that that you've started to discuss little tiny things Inside of something that you know you're not going to do. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so here was the discussion. I, and I distinctly remember this. We're in a discussion and we've got – now we're in a commercial jet airliner. We're in the cockpit of it, right? And we can't figure out who's going to – how it's going to crash and when it crashes, how we're going to do the crash 
and 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 who is coming through the door? Is Freddie coming through the door, or is Freddie revealed as the pilot, or is yeah. Freddie the navigator? You know, just just pure shit, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I I, I mean. I, I I know. Yeah, the that next you, day, it's like it's like when you're yeah. high and you come up with the secret to life. Oh, wow, well, the secret to life, and you wake yeah, up in you're the just morning. Like, what the hell was say, I? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you and you write it down. And you wake up in the morning and it says "more love with toast." Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. that's exactly it. Right. And you know, and I I just God, I just remember I just had so much that I had to have done, and I had my head in my hands. And I went, oh God, I just I don't want to hit anything. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I said it out loud, and one of the assistants over to my right goes, well, what would that look like? <laughs> and I went, oh, hey. oh <laughs> I'm a genius. <laughs> and I'm like, kidding. And, and the thing is, is I'm working this out in the middle of us talking about this other thing, right? And I'm like, and I'm, you know, you're tired, you're in the middle of a meeting, and you're trying to hold on to that idea, right? You're, you're because... Because this meeting has yet to see a good idea. You're afraid you might lose it. You know, so you're, you're saying it out, out loud. I'm going, okay, wait, 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 wait. Da, da, da. Everybody keeps talking. I'm going, okay, wait. So so how would we do that? We would uh, we'd tie a cable to it. As soon as I said that, Peter's listening to me, right? The uh, special effects. And he goes, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so basically, what would it look like? What would it look like? It would, it would look like you ran into your own bumper, right? Yeah. So... So we could pull the motor out. We could pull it to the end of a cable, to a big one-inch cable. We could tie the one-inch cable. And then Peter's going, yeah, yeah, we could tie the one-inch cable to a uh, to a, a, a Caterpillar, like a D7, mm-hmm. you know, and then put a camera at the end of the cable. Yeah, yeah. And, and now the two of us are talking. Now everybody is, you can hear the murmur in the room is starting to go down. You know, because they start to listen to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that way we hit nothing. And it was great. And, and Peter threw his hands up and he goes, I can do that. <laughs> oh, and, and, yeah, he I did. I can do that. It's fantastic. So, <laughs> and so, but here's the thing. <laughs> the thing that's great about it is, and I was there when we when we did it. I, I swear, I jumped, I was jumping up and down, right? You know, because I was standing right behind. I was standing as close as I possibly could to the remote camera where the truck hits it. Uh-huh. Right. You know, if that gag hadn't worked, I wouldn't be walking today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly where I was standing. And I was like, <laughs> so. But the weird part about it is this is a guy two years ago. He says, yeah. Have you seen the cable? And I go, and I go, what do you mean? Have I seen the cable? He said, Nightmare 4, you know, in that gag that you love. You've seen the cable, right? And I go, I don't know. What you, I have no idea what you're talking about. And here's the thing is now that you know it, mm-hmm. you can see the cable. <sighs> the cable I'm, that stops the truck. And I'm not kidding. It looks like a cable that stops the truck. Well, you know, but here's they, the thing. I mean, I'm sure, like, because you, you got to think on on like film prints back then, that hit a oh, lot of stuff. Well, you know? not, but but not only that. Here's the point: is it's still super obvious, but <laughs> but, but it's misdirection, right? Because that's you not where you're looking. So it's not you're so blown away by that shot of the of the uh, uh, the whole front end caving in. And by the way, how many different things have you now seen that in? Yep. Right, you know, since, nothing. Yep. Uh, oh, what was the the science fiction one on Netflix um, with um, Will uh, Smith? Oh, uh, bright! Oh, god! Bright, yeah. bright! But the thing is, they did it on bright. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. You know, uh, it was supposed to be a ferry standing in the middle of the road, and they just, you know, they just ran a cable to the end of it, and you didn't, you know, the ferry disappears, and it still wraps it around it, right? You know, yeah, and, but. But it's, it's funny. All of a sudden, I saw the cable. I was, oh, my God. That's huge. <laughs> <laughs> my skirt is showing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, to me, now, it, feel, it, it you know, feels like watching an episode of Dallas and, you know, JR had another head on his shoulder. Yeah. I, you know, but, but uh, I love that kind of stuff. 
But okay, it, so I have to. I'm sorry. Okay, you go. No, you go. No, you 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 just said I, I have to ask. So I do not want yeah. to stop what questions so about I, to come out of your mouth. I don't want. I don't want to let you, you know, go away without me talking about this. Um, talking about trying to do the best you can on very limited funds. Oh, I know where this is going. This yeah. is um, episode. <laughs> so, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're an evil person. Yeah. Oh my god. So I I I had a bootleg on VHS from a convention, you know. You and everybody else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it was a hot seller. Yeah. Um, you know what? You, you know, Oli Sassoon. Yeah. Oli, I was talking to Oli Sassoon recently, and, it, and he says, "I just always wanted that film to be released, you yeah. know, so that everybody would see it." I said, "Oh my God, Oli! You, you know, more people have seen that film than would have ever seen it in the first oh, place." Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, what's sad is, as cheap as it is, you know, and, and as limited as, you know, it was Roger Corman. Oh, you have no, 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 you have no idea. And Roger Corman said he did it for a million dollars. He did it for a hundred thousand dollars, and you know, oh, God. yeah. But but I do have to say, compare it to the huge budget Fantastic Four movies we got after. It's yeah. so much closer to the comics. Can, can, can I, in my defense, say something? Sure, oh, absolutely. Okay, you don't hey, need we, to defend yourself hey, to us. No, I, I, enjoy the film. Hey, we totally had no money, but here's the thing: thing is, I did an odd thing for that. I actually got the first three episodes of the comics and uh-huh. and and you have to know i am not a fan of comic books at all <laughs> i mean i i'll, I, I'll let that slide man I, I, dude I, I, well i i'm sorry you know i, I mean okay. we are what we are as we're going yeah. up and 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 i just it just never occurred to me you know right. uh comic books were i i mean i was my my favorite my favorite thing was fantasy and science fiction mm-hmm. but i was reading but i was reading books and 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 you know, my parents and the people that I hung up with were like, you, well, you picked up a book, you know, a whole right. book. You need a comic book, right? You know, but but here's the great thing about it is so I actually looked at the comic books to get my idea of how things looked. And I'm not kidding. I think that so far in all the Marvel and DC stuff, I'm the first one and oh, the yeah. only one. Yep. <laughs> well, I think nowadays they feel like they have to make it so different so they can trademark it and use the, you know, oh, yeah. it's got to oh, yeah. be, oh, well, we have to own everything. It we can't make like it some... look too much like the comics. But it looks like something, it looks like something, but it doesn't look like comic books. But I think right. that that film, oddly enough, it looks like a comic. Make you know, I'm to the choir, man. Like, I, I, I enjoy the film a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's it's just that I was surprised even at the time that we actually achieved that. And I think part of it has to do with the outfits that they're in. Yeah. Uh, what everybody's wearing and, and the simplicity of line that we had to require in order to I had to make a design that was a simplicity of line. But I'll also tell you another thing. Mm-hmm. Originally, this was kind of like the very, very nascent beginnings of um, uh, of uh, uh, CGI, right? Oh, oh and, yeah. You could tell. And we had this <laughs> and we and we had this coordinator that came on, and um, oh, I can't think of his name because, but I, I, I he's just such a, and he was just such a pompous. I mean, most of the opulent guys are pretty pompous as it is, but this guy was particularly pompous and he didn't know anything. And he took the money and ran at the end. And I kept telling everybody, I said, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And they would say, well, it's about CGI and you don't know anything about CGI. And I go, yeah, but I know a hell of a lot about filmmaking and this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And he, and so (laughs) the funny thing about it is that while the film was going along, I started to build miniatures for all the sets that I had built, right? Mm-hmm. So I made the extension below I made the extension below the mold man's lair as a miniature mm-hmm. in my garage. And then next weekend I would do the ship. Right? You mean the character who is not the mole man, but who is obviously the mole man. You're right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, that guy. Uh and, and I made the ship. And I and I made uh the uh the uh, diopter for the the roof of the uh, building, uh-huh. and uh, it, and I just made all these things in my garage, and right. 
And it, I was, you know what I was waiting for? I was waiting for the motherfucker to walk off the film because he was so bad at what he did, he couldn't approach it with with CGI. Yes. He would have had to do it because he never came on the set and said, well, we need to do this and this and this, right? And and I was always there, so I said, look, we're going to set it up like this because I know how to solve that with a miniature. Right. Right? And so the only thing that he ever had to touch really was the really bad leg coming out and the really awful awful um the the lightning come lightning rotoscope coming out of the building and stuff so it, anyway it has those because at the end of it i went well it looks like we're gonna have to do it my way <laughs> and and so i went in and directed you see me as second unit director in there because i went in and directed all of that well all, i watched uh oh. doomed um recently yeah and, and and i have a bone to pick with those guys and i talk to them all the time and rag them about the fact that they didn't come and get me i wonder well, I, I wondered I i'm watching i'm like well, i wonder where mick is in this i didn't he... know i didn't know what was happening they they uh... they didn't they didn't try very hard to get a hold of everybody which is an interesting thing is that on never sleep again they got a hold of my sister yeah yeah who who was my set decorator but I gave her the credit uh, as co-production designer on the two films, uh-huh. right? And and even though she absolutely hated horror, and she <laughs> right, <laughs> she read the wind the way the wind was blowing, and she said, "Well, I'm going to jump in on that, and I don't want my brother telling stories because my brother's a very better storyteller. <laughs> because if you've seen that film." If you've seen that film and you've seen uh, her talking, yeah, I have, you, know, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I mean, they don't use a whole lot from her. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah, right. She she didn't have any information about it, right? No. She had no story. She had nothing because, because you know, her, her role was very limited. And, and she just, she's not a storyteller, right? You know? And and so she didn't get a hold of me because she didn't want me to blast her out of the water. And <laughs> and here's the thing though, so we got into a huge fight, did not talk to each other for three months. Oh and she, no! And you know what happened, right? Mm-mm. She died in a plane wreck. Oh, oh no! I had no we, idea. I'm so sorry. But wow. but we were arguing and not talking to each other literally because of that film. When she went down in a in a Cessna, Ugh. and there's like great stories even behind that, but I'm not going to get into it. But yeah, uh, sure. it's yeah. but, well, I, but I do want to touch on something you said, Mick. You talked about being a better storyteller, and without getting into all the other things, I think there is something about being able to tell a story just with what you're setting up on a set. And, oh yeah, and and I, when I look down the list of 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 all the things you've done, there, you you have some of the most interesting sets and most interesting, and, and you play very much so in a lot in the spooky, in the in the gothic, in the in the in in the just the almost unsettling. Was that always the goal, or is that just is that just the puzzle your piece fit into? Yeah, uh, you know what my goal was. What was the goal? To work? <laughs> well, you got it. No, no, totally. I mean, a, a, absolutely. My goal, my goal was to work, and the thing is, is I was super sharp, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I always have been sharp, uh, and very able to, to just react to things, you know, and and, and kind of kind of like a, a terminal fix it kind of guy, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I know how things go together visually, and um, for some reason, just fall. I just fell. You know, uh, I just fell into it as a very natural person for putting things together and designing and communicating. See, one thing that I have noticed is that some of the uh, smartest pe- people. Uh, about certain, you know, kinds of even art and science and all the rest of that. The biggest problem is they can be great at what they do, but unless they can communicate, 
they uh, aren't gonna aren't gonna make it very far. And that was the one thing I was really able to do. I was, for one thing, I was able to edit things. I was able to say, well, I have this much money. I'm going to need to put it in these places in order for me to get the best bang out of my buck. And, mm-hmm. and that just requires you being a natural editor, you know. But the other thing is I can communicate with people. I always have been able to communicate with people. I mean, I'm even talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are eternally grateful for, Mick. This <laughs> I mean, so look at, but looking at your, you know, looking at your CV, a lot of the stuff that you do, it, it seems like it gives you an opportunity to do things that are more creative, you know. Um, right. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, this is really funny is uh, I kind of started into this stuff because I always thought it was just, it, it was all more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a special effects film. And, and you have to understand this is is you guys you guys probably are looking at things from the point of view of the way things are now, not the way things were back then. The way things were back then is that to work in horror, adventure, and fantasy meant that as far as the pecking order of uh, Hollywood, mm-hmm. we were. Just bottom of the barrel, <laughs> just barely above porn stars yeah. and underneath uh, celebrity lawyers. I mean, we're, we're almost we we're almost fifty, Nick. So we 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 remember, right? But it kind of went that way for the fans too. I mean, we we weren't always seen as like I mean, right? The, like, where are all the Oscars for you know for for dragging a Clorox bottle under an Oriental rug? You know. <laughs> That, that, you know, right. but but us as fans too, you know, we yeah. oh, exactly. we're always given the best, you know, treatment as fans. At the same yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I, I, I but you know, as as filmmakers, you know, we, it, it, you know, it was funny. It's like, uh, what's your name? Um, uh, that played Kristen in Nightmare on Elm Street three. Oh, um, Arquette, but. Patricia Arquette. Pat- Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Patricia Arquette. It was. It was so funny. It was like um, she was really good mm-hmm. at, at her age, particularly. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is immediately, and she was in a show business family, and immediately sure. a lot of things came her way after Nightmare on Elm Street Four, and she went off to do something else. And and everybody today asks me why in the world. Would Patricia Arquette not do the fourth Nightmare on Elm Street? And here's the thing: you're looking at it from the point of view of like where we were, right? As you know, in status as filmmakers at that point, it's like why would she if she couldn't? Because uh, she moved she on to working with David yeah, Lynch. And, exactly. You know, I mean, why yeah. why wouldn't she do that if she could? But it's hard to understand from through the filter of. Um, how popular uh, that I I don't want to say that's more popular than everything else, but it's, it's at least drawn up status wise to be with everybody where with everything else a little bit. I mean, well, you look at the, the big money makers, they're all, all Marvel films. films. Oh yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, if, if, if you said that to me in 1980, I would have been like, you're out of your mind, you know, it's, Oh yeah. And they were terrible back then. I mean, I know I made one. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not it's, like I don't know the nature of the problem. Right, right. I mean, we had Superman in the late 70s, early 80s, Superman 1 and 2, and those were great, but then he didn't have anything really. Right. Until Batman no, in 89. No. No. And then right. after that, and, there was still that, like, you and know. And that was and, and and you know what that was seen as? That was seen as freaking Batman. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't even connected to a comic book hero or anything like that. People kind of thought Honestly, I mean, most people kind of thought that they just connected it with the early '60s TV series as being Mm -hmm. as being a a a step up revival of that done done with a lot of money, right? You know, right? Oh yeah, I remember people being shocked. They were just right, exactly. You watch it now, and it's pretty lighthearted. But they were like, right. back then, everyone was like, "That's so dark." Yeah, it's so dark. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, yeah, I know. you compare it to Adam West, absolutely. But <laughs> by the way, can, can I ask you guys a question? Because sure. I've been getting a lot of flack for this. Uh, have you seen Joker? 
No. I haven't had time to. I, I, mean, I want to. I, I'm, a, I'm a dad with two kids that have activities every night, one of which just oh, turned right, five. Right, right, right. I haven't had time to get to the movie theater. See, and I can I can tell that you are you are a super churchgoer because you said the word activities. <laughs> well, it kind of is my job. Man. <laughs> well, I know, I know, but act, activity. That, that's, oh yeah. N- nobody, nobody outside of a church related family, and I, and I know because you know I I I. I I have been a kind of in again out again Mormon all my life, and um, I, I just I have lots of problems related to uh, to uh, how they treat uh, gay people, sure. um, and most of the churches do, you know, which is just has always bothered me. But I don't, I don't want to get political or anything like that. But I, I'm just saying, just the way that you said activities, dude, just just totally wrong of. Uh, uh, of a real church. Well, Brian's family. a preacher's kid too, so he understands. Well, yeah. Exactly. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way that you said it. I mean, activities totally built a whole world in my head. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So, okay. so what? So what were you? Uh, what do you get? Getting flack about for the Joker? What's? Oh no, I, 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 you know what? I have my opinions, and and when you guys see it, uh, you should call me back. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm just super cool. curious about it. You now yeah. I'm. I'm super curious about what people are thinking about it, and uh, yeah, call me back because I'm not going to have a popular opinion. Okay, okay. All right. fair enough. I'm I'm interested in it. You know, uh, I kind of I kind of have an idea. I think I know what I'm in for with it. Right. Um, but I'm you know I'm not one of these people that's just like oh this is going to just set off the incels and I don't know I I, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt. I just haven't had a time to to go see no. it yet. Right. So mm-hmm. anyway. Well, I'll ask. I will ask you this on that. Just in movie make, just movies in general. Since you're someone who does know how the sausage is made, mm-hmm. Nick, are you able just to go sit down with popcorn no. and enjoy it, or do you pick it all apart and figure out how it's done? I, the things I enjoy the most are when I get surprised and go and see a movie and and it so clicks with who I am and my experience and everything and. And it's level of that I believe is is great and stuff that I turn my head off uh, and and can't analyze it is is just it's uh, kind of what I live for. It really mm-hmm. is. Uh, the last time that happened, I, and I know this completely blew me away, but the last time it happened for me was um, Sp- Spider Man in the Multiverse. Oh yeah. Oh, into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I I'm telling you. That of uh, the year that it came out, and I forget which year it was. It was this just year, last, last year. year. Yeah, this last year, year. Uh, just just to me the best film of the year. Uh, absolutely, oh, yeah. just it's, absolutely. It's, it's so unusual, and it it takes animation in a direction that we haven't seen yeah. before. Um, and just with its storytelling, it's so accessible to everybody. I I, I can't analyze it. That's my thing. Yeah. Is it just was just so enjoyable. Oh, it's fantastic. Just so it enjoyable. really should have. You know, it was a success. It should have been so much more of a success. But I think some people it were should, like, "I'm not want to go see a cartoon." It's like, no, right. no, no. This right. is a movie. No, yeah. No, I say, I know people said that to me, and I said, no, 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 no. Don't consider it a cartoon. It is literally the best movie of the year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I it's actually, fantastic. I actually just, as, as, just oh, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. Well, I said just like the the second it was just exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it was, I was so what the disappointed. What happened there? I mean, I don't oh, know. God. I was looking well, forward you know to what? it. I, here's the funny thing about it is there's so many things that really kind of looked really good. If you were a production designer, you'd be very proud. But there was no chemistry between no. anybody on the screen. None. You know, I mean, my, you know what my theory is on that one, Mick, is they – they didn't have faith that the first movie was going to be a success. They, I'm sure that they thought, well, we'll do this as a self-contained story. The kids stuff is the most interesting stuff in the book. W- that way, if it's not a success, it's one and done and we're not leaving on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then it was a huge success. And, and, and I like the first one a lot. Uh, and oh, yeah. It was so fantastic. Did I. I, I didn't think it was the best film of the year, but no, yeah, but it was, no. it was a good it, adaptation. It was of good. The yeah. Here. But then suddenly they were like, oh, great. So now we can make the second part. But the second, the adult stuff's just not as interesting. 
And so they almost felt like they were like, well, here's more money, but we need lots of jump scares. We need, you know, make sure you throw in that it CGI had, Pennywise anytime you can. You, you know, the weird thing about it is this is, is I, it, it's the thing that I don't know. I mean, the things that I don't know about film for the most part have to do with uh, being able to look at somebody and say, that guy would be great for the role. Mm-hmm. Or this guy and that guy are going to have chemistry or stuff. Right. You know, I, 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 I know the mechanics of filmmaking so well and, and, and can squeeze a dollar better and, and kind of blow people away. I mean, I know how to do that. I literally know the mechanics of it. I wrote the book on a lot of that stuff. Sure. But yeah. I'm so bad at like at, at determining chemistry and, and evidently, so is that director. <laughs> well, you know what it I'm is? I'm not the only one. It, I, I blame it entirely on them saying, we're just going to get people who look like the the actors that we cast as the kids. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah, pay yeah. any attention. They were like, well, if they have a name and they look like the person, the kids we used, you put them in it, there. They'll be fine. It really, it really seemed like everybody just showed up on set, didn't it? Yeah. Like yeah, that day, it really that, did. Like, like they were doing a, a, a commercial for a garlic toast the day before. Yeah, there and was then, nothing. Then, oh, nothing yeah, tomorrow I've got that, that thing with it. You know, I, I got to tell you, just like I used to say in the 80s all the time, it's a case of either not enough drugs or too many. Right. Yeah. I yeah. don't know which one. I don't know. I don't know which one it was, but I'm telling you, it definitely was one of those. I have a feeling that was a movie made by Spreadsheet. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's what it and it and it made me so mad because I I really enjoyed the first one and and really had high hopes for the second one and boy did it hit the bed. <laughs> yeah, you know I I had I had I had high hopes for it, but um, uh, I think the statistics were on the other side of history for that. So. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. So I gotta I gotta ask you this too. Um, sure. So you have you have basically worked on films for the the three C's of B movies. I call them Roger Corman, um, uh, crown international and Canon. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's so right. I did do the three C's then. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and, and so I got to ask, so you're, so you're according to IMDB and we all know how accurate that is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it says, Basically, what I could find, your first job was breaking to electric boogaloo. Yeah, I had worked on. You see that 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 was back in the days where construction coordinators and uh, and carpenters didn't uh, didn't really all that often get on get onto things. Mm-hmm. And and but if you ask me now, here's the funny thing: is if you ask me now, what I did for the first three years. I don't have idea. I mean, I, it was the eight. I mean, one, let, let's put it this way. I think one of them was a film. I, I was like a carpenter on a film called Chattanooga Choo Choo Choo. Oh and, and yeah, that, that gives you an idea. You know, it, it's, it's like a, there's a lot of work done in LA, you know, oh, yeah. and, and, and tracking it wasn't exactly anybody's, you know, the, the difference in tracking sh- Tracking mm-hmm. people, tracking things like that. The change between 1982 when I started to uh, 99 was just enormous. You know, um, it, it's it, they didn't track everybody back in the day. Yeah, and 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 certainly, uh, like like for instance, there's at least a couple films that I know of that I production design from start to finish that never got on uh, IMDB. I mean, uh, I was the art director. Well, I had on... to track, I had to track down one of my favorite bits about you is that you're responsible for Scorpion's lair in mortal Kombat, And I don't yes, think that's, that's listed on IMDB. That is, and that's still true. one of the things I think that I like the first time I saw you share that on Facebook, I freaked out because for for all the faults that may be, uh, I love the look of that whole sequence and the way well, that they fight around within that. I love it. Did you ever hear, hear the story of it? Oh, tell me, tell me, tell so, me, tell me. Okay, I'll tell you, and then I got then I got to go because I think sure. they're going to close this con around me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was uh, I was driving across town, and uh, a, a friend of mine 
texted me. Well, he, I don't know that texted is the word for it. I got paged. Back back then, it was paged. Right. And so then you would have to yeah. fall over the side of the road and you have to find a, uh, uh, a, a uh, phone. phone booth. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, we did talk about weird places that you could be and not be near a payphone back then. You know, it was it was a it was a whole thing, and you always drove around uh, with a whole bunch of quarters, and it, it was just so totally a thing. It really was. It, it was, you know, uh, before cell phones, uh, it was it was you know like working with rock tools. So yeah. I'm I, I'm so I'm driving across town, and I get back to him, and he says, "Hey, listen." Um, what are you doing this afternoon? I want your opinion on something. And I, well, I said, I don't know. I'm just, just getting off of film. And I it, honestly don't remember, you know, which, what I was getting off of. And he goes, listen, I need you to come and talk to me about this. Cause I had this film and it's a complete stinker. And, and you got to tell me what went wrong. So I showed up at, I think one of, one of the labs because the labs had all the screening rooms. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you didn't like put her on a videotape and send it to somebody. It just we weren't that sophisticated at that point. You know, if you were working on a film and you wanted to see part of it, then you had to go to the screening room of the lab that was developing your film, and then they would run it for you, right? Mm-hmm. So somewhere up in some lab up in Burbank, um, I sat down and I and I watched this film. And um, so at the end of it, Bob Engelman turns to me and he goes, well, what we, what's wrong here? And I go, uh, this is related to a game, right? I mean, this is related to that, to that Mortal, to the Mortal Kombat game. And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, what made you think that you could make a movie by imitating a game? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, what did we do wrong? And I said, well, I understand that the game, because I've seen it before. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really play those games, but I right. always look at things. And I said the game has two fighters, you know, with different superpowers in the middle of the screen, and then the scenery, the, the scenery scrolls by in the background, right? Mm-hmm. And you thought that that would be a good idea for a film. Uh, yeah yeah okay you see what i'm saying oh yeah and he goes uh-huh. uh well he says what's missing i go well uh and, and, and i don't know you guys are 50 then i i'm going to use exactly the same thing that i told him I, because otherwise i have to move the reference up if you're like under 30 or something <laughs> the reference was this my reference was uh uh robin hood okay i said oh, i yeah. said think of robert i said think of robin hood what do you remember about robin hood and there's two things that everybody remembers. Okay, what do you think? What do you remember about Robin Hood, the film? Uh, do you mean the Errol Flynn one? Yeah, um, Errol the Flynn big one. sword fight between Errol Flynn. Right, exactly. Now, what do you yeah. remember about that? I mean, it, the You're going environment, up the staircase, you're fighting, they, yeah, the, you're they could, fighting they up could the staircase. They could use the environment. They're going all over the place in it. And, exactly. And yeah. then he grabs the chandelier and he goes yep. across. And, 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 and that's what Bob said, right? And I said, okay, right there. You just explained everything that you guys did wrong about this film. Because just like the game, you fight in the middle of a really beautiful place. Right? Mm-hmm. But that's not what makes the that's not what makes an interesting film. It doesn't it, it has no dynamics. Right. So he he said, So okay. He says, Okay, what do we do to fix it? And then I sat down and said said, Well, we'll do a bunch of inserts to see if we can get an idea of people interacting with different things. Right. Mm-hmm. And then let's just make one huge, let's, I said, let's take that sequence, that unbelievably boring sequence in that fucking grove of trees. <laughs> and I said, let's, let's get out of that and, and let's make that character's uh, area. Uh, give me a hanger. And and we'll we will uh, uh, define with the stunt coordinator, who turned out to be Robin, who's the uh, who's the Asian in the group, right? Uh, and and we'll 
will make platforms and steel and stuff, and we'll, we'll go through an entire uh, choreography, and then I'll build a set around it. And then I started looking for what I needed to do to build. Uh, we, we built that in, in a blimp hangar, huh. 130 feet high, 130 feet wide, 150 feet deep. To know and that we, that wasn't even an original plan, that that was – that was correction, and that you that that much work went in to do that correction. That is awesome. <laughs> well, well, the great thing was he says, "Well, how do how do we get how do we get out of the scene, out of the grove, and into the this world?" And I go, "Well, you know what? Just just make one of the just make one of those optical assholes." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here's the greatest. And the greatest thing is, is that's, Star how Wars. He, that's how he, that's how he described it to the, the optical. optical and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, so by definition, that is what an optical asshole is. That's fantastic. That's <laughs> right fantastic. out of my words. That's exactly what happened. And I'm not kidding. I was like, oh, well, that's an optical asshole right there. <laughs> well, if if you all want more of of Mick, I mean, I would love to have you back anytime, Mick. Know that first and foremost. No, but I want to make certain people anytime. I want to make certain people know about your book, Behind the Screams. That's right. Uh, behind, behind the Screams, uh, you go to BehindTheScreamsBook.com and you can order it. Uh, it's it's a very unique telling of, uh, of, of behind the scenes of Nightmare on the Street 4. And I'm working on Behind the Screams 3 now. Uh, there is no behind the screens too, just <laughs> just like the movies should be should have been. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love, Mick. You pull no punches. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I used to when I was younger and more popular. <laughs> Mick, do you have any appear- any appearances coming up later on in October or in the November? You know, I don't know. I just moved to Nashville. Okay. And and uh in regards to that, I'm not completely settled on on what the rest of the year is going to look like because I, I was literally in, I landed in my new place uh, for four days and then and then I went to New Jersey and uh, they're going to kick me out of here in four minutes. So okay. looks like I'm going to go, guys. Okay, hey, well, you have a safe trip to... back to Nashville. It has been great talking with you, Mick. This has been oh, awesome. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys had a good time. I had a great time. You just made our Halloween. <laughs> there you go. Okay, guys. Talk to you Take later, care, Mick. Bye. Coming to you from Dayton, Ohio, where pumpkin spice is everywhere. I'm Cliff Haddix, also known as Revan Geek, and I'm joined tonight's analytical look back from Atlanta. No, d- daggone it! I'm not in Atlanta, man. Oh my gosh. Days I wish I were. <sighs> I'm sorry. What's your name? Oh, my name's Brian. Brian, Kidd. you're Brian. So I'm Brian. Brian. Brian just everybody. started talking. There was like, yeah, sorry, I do that. Okay, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> if we have him back, I'm gonna ask him about Kazam because okay. I almost so many more questions. <laughs>